This episode of Big Stick Energy is brought to you by Woodchuck Hard Cider. Imagine it's Saturday and you usually get a beer because you're sweet enough as is. But every once in a while, you want to switch it up and get a cider. Woodchuck is awesome because they have so many rad flavors that are outside of your typical cider pool. You know that you want something more than apple or maybe you want apple. It's up to you. This year marks Woodchuck's 30th anniversary, and to celebrate, they have brought back a few fan favorites from over the years, like their Blueberry, Barrel Select, and Dark and Dry Ciders. Head over to their website, www.woodchuck.com, to check out their newly launched online cider store, now shipping to 32 states across the U.S. You can also follow along with their Artist Spotlight series on Instagram, which features creatives from across the country, each of whom have contributed to their own artistic piece as tribute to Woodchuck's 30 years of creativity in cider making. Woodchuck Cider, America's original hard cider. I would just like to say, dang, I should have been in freaking broadcasting. Slam it. Go get your ciders, girls. Not sure if this is accessible in... Canada yet, but United States girls and guys and peoples, get your sweetness on. My dudes, it is Monday, and you know what that means? It's another episode of Big Stick Energy coming at you live through your earphones, your car speakers, or maybe you're tuning out your boyfriend playing games on his PS5. Is that a stereotype? Potentially, but I dated somebody like that. But you want to know what's different about today's episode? Holy guacamole, do we get into it with Jay from Jay Skis. This is the episode that you guys have been waiting for. It's been a few weeks since the debacle, since the scandal. If you don't know what it is, we'll tell you all about it once we get into the episode. But hot diggity dang, this is the one. It is steeped in tea. And I'm super excited to bring it to you today. My name's Tori Anderson. You can find me at Tori A. Alina. And you can find my co-host, best friend, and Womtang co-founder, Renee McCurdy, at Renee McCurds. And we were blessed to be bringing you the tea on the Out of Bounds Network. So I don't even need to say much because the second I said Jay from Jay Skis, all of your heads were just like, ping, ping, ping. Like, this is the one. But Renee's just going to give you a quick brief rundown of some of the juicy topics that we talk about today because yeah this episode is I say all of them are my favorite but like this is genuinely yeah it was the bomb.com yeah that's something Adam does so it's like this is my favorite episode every single time and I always made fun of him for it and now I get it (laughs) I get why every episode is his favorite episode because they all are we love all of you Anyway, we talked to Jay after the whole scandal. We had a call with Jay and everyone wanted to know what the heck we talked about and how it went. So we thought the best way to do this was do a podcast episode, bring everyone up to speed on you know how Jay felt about all of this and how they've learned from it and what their mistakes were and how they're moving forward. And really just, yeah, bring everyone up to speed. We are talking cancel culture. We're talking education. And also, I learned that the Master Blaster Ski is named after a movie. And I've never seen that movie, so I didn't catch the reference. It is not named after masturbating. And I'm sure it is a fun ski that is a fun time. And it might make you cream. I don't know how to follow up this statement, so... We're just going to drop this episode. <laughs> Holy sweet baby Jesus. That was a tangent. And three, I'm... two, one, episode start. Okay, let's go. <laughs> You're trying to escape the masturbating statement, but I just want to say one more thing. Um, this episode is, it's kind of like the perfect collision on both sides. You get to learn about the business experience of dealing with these types of you know, socio-political problems and how they're trying to shift culture. You get to hear what that experience is like as well. And then also from our side, because, you know, like for them, they're not educated on why a lot of these things are problematic. So we look at it from like a business lens, academic lens, trauma lens. And then we also hear what Jay is trying to do to pivot and to learn from this. So, you know, it's an awesome conversation, you guys. It is so dope. I would just like to say Renee said masturbating on the internet one more time. And now we're going to drop 
this banging episode of Big Stick Energy in three, two, one. Yeah, there's a lot of people that wanted to know, like, okay, what did you talk about? What mm-hmm. what is the plan moving forward? And it's instead of explaining you explaining that all the time and us explaining that all the time of what we did talk about, it's easier yeah. to just do an episode. Yeah. And share with everyone what actually we did talk about because it just is like, okay, listen to the episode. Okay, there sure. you go. But, right. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't have to type it out a billion times. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, do you want to introduce, I mean, everybody knows who you are, but do you want to just like introduce yourself quickly and yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. My name's Jason Leventhal. I live in Vermont here and um, I own the, the ski company, J Skis. I've uh, been doing that since 2013. Before that, I, um, well, back in 95, 1995, a million years ago, I started line, um, basically out of my garage, making one of the first twin tip skis and then grew that brand and lots of trials and tribulations, eventually sold to K2 and then worked for K2 for seven years uh, from 1990. Well, it worked actually... Yes, I think it was seven years from 2006 when I sold it to K2 to 2013. Um, I worked there running full tilt. I started that brand for K2 and I ran line at the same time. And uh, and then I left in 2013 to start Jay, this brand, just to do things completely different. Okay, I got to say that is such an impressive history of like developing ski culture and also developing the first twin tip like I talk about this a lot actually when I'm selling skis because you get all those old school like you know live in the glory days ski racer dads that are so nervous to get on anything with a bit of a lifted tail and I try to explain to them that like the technologies change and I don't know I mean since you helped develop it but I I was told that the new shapes of skis today is with like hard side cut and twin tips and everything is like, it was kind of inspired from snowboarding. Oh, for sure. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's the only reason I made, it. I was snowboarding, you know, when I was in college. Uh, and at the time, a lot of people don't re I think they remember, but they, they forget. I forget myself. I have a pair of old skis actually around all the time, but those straight skis were really just made for racing. That was it. And it was all, yeah. everything was promoted around racing. Like, it was inspired. You should be inspired to be a racer. You should inspire to ski like them. You should like these skis are made for this. And it's like the, the furthest you can get away from that would be spread Eagle, maybe a 360 in the moguls, you know, but in the meantime, snowboarding in the nineties was taking off and people, it was taking off every kid including myself. It was like, well, I could have a lot more fun on snowboard. I could carve unlike a ski at the time I could float in powder better. I could ski- ride backwards. I could do tricks way more maneuverable. All the marketing was way more fun the magazines the videos it was like far more inspiring and skiing was on the down a decline and the ski industry you know skiers even you know old school skiers were like oh we don't even want those snowboarders on the mountain you know they were really intimidated by the fact that this new generation was doing something different on their hill and for me i was a snowboarder and i just thought why can't i do this on skis like why haven't skis evolved and that's where i just made a short twin tip ski it was like half the dimensions of a snowboard but in the form of two skis you know and that that's i'm not the only one you know that was going that direction but like i'm credited for it um because the brand that i that i started is, is still around you know what i mean but yeah you know, a lot of a lot of skiers there were a handful of skiers at the time that were just like shit i want to do what these snowboarders are doing on my skis and that's like really was like ignited that yeah you know, what's funny is my dad is an old school ski racer, like was on the Alberta downhill team. Um, my grandpa is like an ex-mountaineer and my grandma actually started dating him to learn how to ski, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> and then they got married and had kids who were little ski weapons. But every time I've dated someone growing up, the first thing that my dad asks is like, is he a snowboarder? Or is he a skier? Oh, for sure. And I'm like, if I'm like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but then like, I remember this guy named Eric came to pick me up for a date when I was like 16. And my dad was like the kind of guy that would open up the door and he'd be like, hey, Angie, dig the hole in the backyard a little bigger. This one's small. <laughs> and then this this guy, Eric, picked me up one time. And with that, like that, like old school, early 2000s ski style, he was wearing like a triple XL tall tee, like oh, the neon beanie, like slack shorts. He had like the beaver flow. And my dad opened up the door and looked him up and down and was like, do you own a fucking mirror? 
<laughs> that's great oh yeah it those was, were the days yeah i'm like thinking back to it i actually found a 6xlt from california in the thrift shop the other day and i was like i think you need to buy this out of nostalgia for like yeah. Yeah. all the dudes that just wanted to wear a dress back then which is totally yeah. fine but man it was a weird style <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah that's a super impressive and rad history and that's like you know like when I mean, we went through some shit the other week together. It was like, I mean, a couple weeks ago now, but that's mm -hmm. why we really wanted to get you on the phone afterwards because you are such a big cultural leader, right? And it's like, like, I think that following the event, there was, I mean, if you don't know what the event is to those listening, um, there was an oversight in a, a campaign that uh, Jay Skis posted and it was kind of leveraging uh, abortion rights in the United States, specifically Texas, um, to kind of, it was, it wasn't intentional, but it was an oversight that was really harmful to women or people that are struggling with the lack of access to body anatomy or not anatomy, autonomy and, uh, reproductive rights. But it, the internet kind of like took off. And one thing I've noticed is like we have a tendency to attack people for mistakes. And I guess that could be seen as cancel culture. And, um, you know, like people jumping into the comments, like you handled it really well, you listened. And of course, there was kind of that initial period where it was difficult to, you know, step back and talk about it. Like, do you want to talk about what that felt like on a business end? Yeah, sure. I, um, Well, the funniest part was when I got out of the car coming home and my 16 year old son said, dad got canceled today. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, I, I honestly like haven't paid attention. I never like really thought about like even what canceled fully means. Like I just was like, I'm like old school enough and I'm just like, all right. All right. That, that's, that, I guess that is what happened, huh? Okay. That's cool. <laughs> So that was like the official, like, I love that. And, uh, you know, your kid loves to just like give it to you. So, um, but, but like, I guess I've been shit for 25 years. I've been, I've been like, uh, just trying, just trying to be, do things different. Right. Like, so like, I'm very used to even the, the normal shit getting, getting shit from someone about something. Right. Like, when I was making twin tip skis back in the day, and this is like not to belittle what the, what this happened, but just you said, how do I feel? Like I'm very used to it. Like I'm just used to being uncomfortable and being like, whatever we do, people are going to be like, what the fuck, man? Like, and even if it was just like, I remember I went to a magazine test and people said, what do you bring those skis for? Like throw them down the stairs if you want to test them because they knew that we had athletes sliding handrails. So they didn't think it was cool. And again, it's like, that's, I'm just very used to being, confronted on whatever we're doing right and but and in this case we had no intention and i know that sounds ridiculous right now and even for me it's ridiculous to say you had no intention well why would you call it pro-choice right so it started with a year ago like a full year ago we ran the exact same campaign we never even changed the graphics on it and it was just as out there and we had other places promoting it and it was all good. Like no one said a word about it. And we just, we do lots of play on words. I mean, like here, like, you know, like my shirt, you know, this is a super spreader, you know, and there's someone doing a spread Eagle, you know? So it's like, we like to do a lot of like tongue in cheek stuff. And this just went too far and we just overlooked it. We didn't have the per perspective of what it would mean to a, a different demographic of person, you know? And it's like, you know, we're, we're three people, one designer and two marketing people like there's, and then there's one operations person who's a woman and then there's seasonal, some seasonal customer service people. So like, we're really, really small. And for whatever reason at this time around, we were like, we ran it last year. We didn't even run it by anyone this year. Cause we're like, we're doing the same thing. The only thing we did different is like, say fuck Texas. And we get we thought we were giving them a little jab you know what i mean so we like called that out and we so we thought if anything it's a play on words okay and we're giving a little jab to texas because we think it's bullshit. their abortion laws and things right 
So we just didn't see it as leveraging a serious topic to try to amplify our sales. I get it now. I see it that way now. I understand how it would be seen that way and why. It just we weren't because we had that history and we didn't respect the amount of change in perception by society a year can make based on other people's way outside our realms actions or lack thereof. And so those changes in perception just escalated it and we were caught completely off guard. Like, wait, what? We did the same thing last year. Like, you know, and so that was stupid, you know, and I apologize for that to everyone we offended. And, and again, I apologize for that. Um, and in hindsight, it would have been so easy to just run that by a few other people. It would have, we would have ran it by women. We run all our ski graphics by women, all our skis. We test, you know, men, women, old, young, whatever, you know. So this is just a stupid oversight by us not to run it by someone with a different perspective. They would have called it out in five minutes in a second. And we would have said, oh shit, okay, that makes sense and changed it. So instead, you know, I, I stayed up till two in the morning that night and woke up at five and continued to figure out how to change it immediately, everything, you know? So we just took it off social. We took it off our website. We, our designer redesigned the, 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 everything about it that was offensive and tied to, you know, the pro-choice aspect. And we relaunched it within 24 hours with an apology and it, and it was all good. But so that, that's what went down and how I felt initially you know, you're, you're just running around in circles, like you're a seasonal business and you get one email, you know, and you're like, huh, this has been going on for like eight hours. This, we ran this last year. And you know, the email like mentions like opp oppressive white politicians and says like big dick attitude. And like once I made the mistake of like letting my emotion uh, get caught by that. And I was just like, first off, like, there's no one I despise more than white politicians. I mean, honestly, like, if you want the world to run well, you put women in charge. Like, we all know, like, there would be no wars, right? Like, that's just something I know, right? Like, everyone knows that, like, like, guys are the ones who want to kill each other. And that's how they solve things. So it's like, I, because I was I read in that email that kind of association and even though maybe they weren't quite pinning it on me in the space of the day i just quickly wrote back and i was like look this isn't we we, we have no intention of this being a pro-choice thing and that was stupid because like the fact is like if we really wanted to make it that way we would go crazy on on the promotion like we could make it for or against any type of thing. And we're creative enough to go like all in. We just gave a little jab to Texas and we the name was the same as last year. But regardless, it was enough that that woman was justified in writing me that email. I responded way too quickly, way too emotionally and kind of like, okay, on to the next thing. This is, I blew it off. And that was just the wrong thing to do. You know, I should have just like picked up the phone and called it. Like, and honestly, that's what I usually do. Like anytime there's a customer, not anytime, but you know, when a customer is really pissed, they get through customer service for some reason. I'm just like picking up the phone and you just talk it through and you figure it out, you know? And that's that I did say, I did give her my number and said like, Hey, I'd be happy to talk that, you know, um, it didn't go that way. And, and then she posted, took a screen grab and put it online. And then other people were like, so I mean, people have time in their day, you know, there's like someone made a video about it and was like narrating it. They had no idea where like I was coming from or them. They just like came to their own conclusions. And there was, there was a video it, amplified it. And you're just like, damn, dude. And then like everybody was saying <laughs> the problem with social media. I think what I realized, I use it as a marketing. That's the only way I, I pretty much use it. I, I would not even have. A smartphone if i wasn't running this business um this is not where i want to be just staring at a screen all day but people will spend hours on that and they'll use it as like a podium to announce their almost like they're going up and doing a speech like a one-sided speech and i i mean shit, i'm like 49 years old you know like i just for me to do like a speech each person back and forth 
eight hours apart, like for me, that's like impossible to have a really meaningful conversation and make progress. And that was my biggest frustration is just if I could have just could just talk to people and I spent the next 10 days following up with every person that put a lot of effort into saying whatever their thoughts were about what I did from their perspective, not actually talking to me ever. Um, they, I actually finally got them on the phone. It took forever. You'd think if someone was going to spend a half hour or hours in the course of a couple of days and you hit them up and said, Hey, give me a call. Like I'd love to talk that your phone would ring. And I probably did that 20 times and it never rang. And it just was a learning for me that like, this is how society today prefers to communicate. Even when it's such a deep uh, and passionate issue, even when they'll spend hours working on communicating, not directly to you, but to everyone else about you, they for to get them on the phone to have a one-on-one of, you know, with the actual person they're complaining about is almost impossible. Yeah. I, I mean, I followed up and I got there eventually and it was awesome talking to people and it really, really was enlightening. Um, I don't know what other words say. I mean, I know it sounds like, uh, you know, it's almost like bullshit, like, but like it was like, I never had those conversations. Like, why would I, I just, in my, maybe I'm old school, maybe whatever. Like I got a family, I work, I, I eat, eat dinner. Like there's not, I'm not, I'm not socializing in like the modern thinking, like, you know, a younger generation is today. And I, it was great to like get that perspective. And it's not something what I realize is it's actually very in line with what I've always been about. I only have been in the ski business for one simple reason to make skiing more fun for more people. That's it. That's all. And more people is more people. Like it doesn't matter to me if it's young, old, whatever your sexuality is, whatever your religion, whatever anything is like, I'm trying to get more people to have more fun. And like, it just brought to light that there actually are people that don't feel invited in that right way. And so for me, I'm a problem solver. Like I'm trying to solve problems in it's silly. It's skis. Like who gives a shit about skiing? You know, it's like, it's not important in the world, but like I try to make skis better. That's kind of like a problem I'm solving and like try to make it cooler, more fun, whatever. And I'm trying to get more people involved in skiing. And like, this would be, this opened my mind to like, Hey, I'm actually might be missing some people or turning away some people without realizing it. Right. And I mean, this was like one thing in my 25 years that, well, shit, I mean, stir stuff up plenty of times, but not to this degree. Right. And not at this, such a serious topic. So it was in hindsight, actually good for me. I just wish it went down a little more old school where you actually just talk to the person that you have a problem with, you know? No, for sure. Yeah. Um, you got your headphones there. <laughs> oh shit. You're all Did good. You? It, sounded, it sounded great the whole time. Oh, okay, cool. I was yeah, talking. it was I all know. good. Okay. Um, yeah, you said like, yeah, there's so much in there that we could touch on. Renee, do you have any quick points? I saw you like jotting down notes. I was because yeah, I know you so well. <laughs> there was a lot. And I think that you did a really, really good job of summarizing it. So I think first off, I just want to acknowledge you for having that self-reflection and just owning that initial mistake of responding too emotionally to the first email. Because I think that's something that we all can be a little bit guilty of is you get something and it just like feels so personal personal mm -hmm. and for you like you are jay skis and it's part of your identity so like that probably felt like an attack kind of personally on you and so the initial reaction is no i i don't think i am this way and i think you're wrong and i'm gonna yeah. tell you that i think you're wrong but like now you've thought about it you realize that maybe just like taking a bit more time and and now that you know all that you have learned through this like that really did kick it off and for Tori and I actually like that email was what got posted in one of our groups of the girls one of the girls being like you know like this is really not okay and I mm -hmm. I know for me 
I went and I looked at the campaign and I sent it to Tori and I sent it to a few other friends and my initial reaction was, oh God, this is bad. Mm. Yeah, it was like, we were like, <laughs> like, Ooh! and we kind of, I mean, <laughs> part of part of something that we've realized we have power with in Wombtang is through our meme page, Wombcork, we can post really controversial memes about flaws in the ski industry relative to marketing, popular culture, how it's like shaping uh, biases and stigmas, stereotypes for different underrepresented groups. But we, we've also had to learn how to handle it properly. Like, you know, like we had a pretty serious situation with, um, you know, I'm going to say it, the Canadian Enduro series um, in uh, Canada here, because, you know, we posted a meme about them not uh, posting any non-white dudes on their social media other than women attending like a, I think it was like a, what they were it? at a volunteer table. It was at women a volunteer, at a volunteer table, table for over a year, over a year. And well, we posted yeah. it, but the memes are kind of fucked up. Like my school has an entire course on the rhetoric of memes because there's this culture on social media that allows people to like, you know, talk about really serious issues and the communities to come together and to share it. And it's so nuanced, but it's effective. And actually we saw a really funny meme made about you. It was the monkeys in the office. I think oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was so funny. But um, we posted this meme. And what happened is like our whole community flocks to the comments. And now we're over 7,000 followers. And it's shared all across the internet. And it ended up getting to like the Canadian Enduro Series um, founder. And it led to some like high level conversations with him. And he like took accountability for it after getting defensive. But then he actually ended up... Um, there was a publication where he was trying to drag us under the mat afterwards. And it was actually, it was really hard to deal with and it was very traumatic for us. And um, we had to look at how we were approaching things. And we got some feedback from other people in our community that like that mob mentality isn't the way to do it. And we don't want to cancel anybody and we want to move forward. And I think that, you know, your journey in perceiving all of this and that initial defensive reaction is a hundred percent normal. Anybody that thinks someone needs to be, like immediately humble and just accept the feedback getting defensive is normal with difficult topics especially when it's something like you know like there's a lot of emotion coming into it and i want everybody to recognize that but you know I like your you shift in growth is freaking huge it's huge right. yeah. yeah so yeah, I, yeah that's i think it's the part about depending on whether you intended it or not too yeah like if i if we intended it like we did intend it obviously to be a play on pro-choice, but we also intended it to be in favor of pro-choice. And, yes. and so that's where the intention wasn't seen, even though the execution communicated something completely different to the public um, that is aware of that. I think the challenge, here's, here's one thing is, you guys and another couple of people reached out to me in an amazing way. Like you wrote a whole email and you said, you know, it was something to the extent of like, I see your, this is, you know, I recognize that you're in a challenging situation and we'd like to help. And like, there was just like, it was a very like, you're in this situation, we could help. Here's some of our perspective. And like, do you have a time for a call? I was like, wow, that's perfect. And then this other woman that's actually local in Vermont, she's like, hey, I've been in marketing for 20 years. I, I like, I recognize, I know that you have good intentions. I know your brand and it's like, you made a mistake and it's very hard in this day and age to, to do this proper, like properly or well, or whatever it was, the wording was like dead on. It's like, I would love to help you in any way I can. If you have just a quick question or a call or an email, I could come by, by face to face. We can run through things. It was all like positive. It was like, yeah, you fucked up and and this and I understand how challenging it could be. And and it's just like those are the people that then like a week ago and a few others that were actually really angry with me, a few women that were angry um that I finally reached out to had a good conversation and then I pulled in like four of these different women uh to help give feedback on an idea for a graphic that one of our athletes came up with who's a woman also and she wanted to put like female body parts on the ski and i was like oh boy like i'm not going to be able to judge this one 
And it's like, I do this all the time for like, if I want to do a powder ski, I'm going to ask a bunch of pow skiers. If I get it like a groomer ski, I'm going to get a bunch of different people to test the groomer ski. I'm going to ask 40 people what they think of the graphic. And it's like, it's just another part of the way we operate anyway. I just wasn't as proactively thinking of it, but bringing these people in that at one point were just raging on me. And now I'm just like, so help me out. Here you go. I'm like, here's our next thing we're trying to figure out. It was awesome. Yeah. And I hope more people can think about instead. Like I actually asked one of the people that was real, that made a video about this. It was like, and there he goes, gaslighting and all this shit, like just ripping me a new one, which is fine. You know, okay. Really difficult to get on the phone with that person finally did. And I had to ask like, if there was a situation where your neighbor had their lights on and it was shining in your windows at night and it was causing you to like not sleep and maybe it was like hurting your plants, whatever. It was a really pain in the ass. It was like, just not right, man, not respectful. Okay. How would you address that? And that's what I asked this person, the one, you know, who made the video. And they said, I'd probably post it on front porch forum. And I was like, wow, that really says a lot about the culture and what people think are right. And I was actually more understanding at that point of like, okay, so like, this is how this person believes the best way to address a problem between two individuals is to put a billboard out for the rest of the world about a problem you have with this specific person instead of knocking on the door and saying, Hey, I'm your neighbor. You left your lights. I don't know if that was like an accident or intentional, but like it's shining in and like what, like, why wouldn't you have a one-on-one conversation? And it's just like, it was really sad for me to come to that conclusion that like, that's part of just society today. Some people actually believe they're doing a better justice to just push out what they have a problem with. If it's a person or a brand, then to simply reach out to them and talk. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to jump in again quickly, Renee. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but I actually have two quick points with that. Historically, um, relative to like, I, I totally understand your point between like the neighbor and the lights on and how you would just go over there and talk to them about it. But relative to something like that, which is a closed context and something that is like a systemic oppression of a group of people, um, the reason that people come together and they abuse social media is reflective of why there were protests back in the day for women's suffrage, like BIPOC rights, all that kind of stuff, right? Like historically, if you look at popular culture, who dictates popular culture, and that's like how we view others in society through the discipline of rhetoric, um, those people at the head of organizations, government, everything decide what has value in society, if that makes sense. So like who's being used for different shoots, who has more bodily autonomy, who's earning more money, X, Y, Z. So if they're deciding on those issues for one person to stand up and say that there's a problem, nobody listens. But when there's a multitude of people that stand up, everybody listens. And that was really like awesomely represented with the Black Lives Matter movement this year. It was like, it went from one protest in one city to protest internationally and a social media movement where everybody got attention. And when we were looking at how we were using memes to kind of cause change in the industry and get that going, one thing that we noticed was us just making a meme, nobody listened, but hundreds of people in the comments and it being shared thousands of times across the internet, brands started to listen and brands started to reach out to us. But we realized that you know, like we can call out businesses, but if we're going to cancel them, nothing's going to change. You guys are dictating popular culture and we need to move forward together. But one other thing you need to recognize is oppressed groups or underrepresented groups have significant trauma in these areas, right? So like that emotional reaction is 100% natural and it's really hard to govern. So when you said that there was multiple people that you wanted to get on the phone who reacted to this situation, um, it's very emotionally exhausting. Like we know women and, you know, this abortion rights uh, and reproductive rights disproportionately affect women of color, 100%. And we know a lot of women of color who were exhausted by this because their trauma is a lot more significant than ours. If you look at the level of systemic oppression that they experience within the ski industry and society, you know, broader. So it's like analyzing and understanding these nuances and then how they're applied to the ski industry, which since the 1700s has been predominantly white male, like cis, heteronormative, all that kind of stuff. 
is very difficult. I actually wrote a paper on it a few, like a week ago for one of my classes. <laughs> actually, I wrote a paper on this whole situation because I had to demonstrate activism. So I analyzed like the patriarchal system in the outdoor industry, which is really funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's like how it kind of plays into each other. And I guess social media has been a huge tool in like creating that spread of information and collective community around something. And it is super challenging to navigate and it just it doubles on so much faster than people taking months to rally in a city over something right it's like it just takes a snap of a finger and it's just like boom in your face and it's hectic but yeah, for sure like i i know even like going back to when that first email was posted tori and i had to be like hang on everyone like we need to figure out how we want to go about this and get background info before we're putting this all over the internet. Like, can we just hold off for a minute while we really figure out how, what is the plan of attack? Like, do we need to do something here? What are we going to do? And how are we gonna go about this in the right way? So trying to also just make sure that everyone is approaching it in a more respectful way that is going to be heard. Tori kind of hit on, I was just gonna throw out like a couple of definitions really that we have touched on, but not really defined. So Tori kind of hit on one, which um, does tie into a little bit of what we were talking about, which is there are people who might have reacted strongly, but not felt comfortable or safe to voice their opinions on it. And that just comes down to tone policing. So just because someone reacts emotionally or doesn't say anything, doesn't mean that they, are not valued in their opinions just because we were able to articulate a certain way. And that just comes from practice <laughs> that we have done this before, that we were able to approach you in that way and be like a little bit more constructive about it. Just because someone else did it doesn't mean that their opinion isn't valuable, but it also is interesting that it is so hard for you to get people on the phone because people are quick to just hide behind their keyboards on something. Keyboard yeah. warriors. So then yeah. what Reddit was literally designed around. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I love Reddit. I'm like big on Reddit, yeah. <laughs> huge on Reddit. But the other one that I really wanted to go back and define is we talked a lot about how the post was not intended to invent, offend anyone. That was never the intention, but I just wanted to define that as a microaggression because the way it was delivered was never meant to hurt anyone. But the way that it was received was not the way that you intended. And that's when it is really important to react in that human, humble way and learning why it is that way and what we can do in the future to make it better. And basically that's what it comes down to is that whether it was meant to hurt anyone or not, it was a microaggression and we just have to move forward from it and not do it again. Yeah. yeah, and that the um oh my old house is making weird noises. I don't know if everybody can hear that, but um <laughs> one thing that we've talked about in previous episodes is like privilege. Like I know when I say privilege to like my grandma, for example, bless her heart, she just got out of the hospital, she's doing great, she's a sassy old lady, and um, you know, she's like, My life hasn't been privileged, my life has been so hard. And I was like, it's not really about those individual things, it's the unseen benefits that you get in a stratified society. And that has to do with who's in power, who's dictating legislative everything. And an aspect of privilege is you have privilege when you don't see inequality, if that makes sense. Like that, it's, it's like unknowingly benefiting off of the marginalization of other groups. But that is part of privilege is not being able to recognize it. And that's something that, you know, everybody kind of needs to understand is that a lot of this stuff isn't intentional when a company makes a mistake like this. It's really not. And, you know, like our conversations with you afterwards, Renee and I were so freaking pumped because like not only cool. were you a pleasure to talk to, but you were so receptive and we got a lot of really awesome information, like plans to work together in the future. And you also gave us a lot of great business advice for how we can pivot Wounding. It's like, you know, you're not this villain. You know, like, that's the thing is that you have trauma from like an oppressed group of people 
and then like disproportionately affecting like BIPOC, other groups. And then you have like this nuanced, you know, ad that was not intentional in the ski industry and everything just like collides together. And holy shit, those situations are difficult to navigate. But that's like what we're passionate about changing. And we need people like you to shift the culture. Like we have to see it pivot from the tops of companies to the bottom. And, uh, yeah. you know, like one thing we talked about actually that I wanted to revisit because I love numbers, like mm -hmm. stats are linear, right? Like data is linear when you see a pattern in something. And I remember we asked you like um, about your female followership because that can sometimes indicate where there might be a lack of inclusivity in like, a, you know, mm -hmm. uh, communications. But I think you said that like your female followership on Instagram is like 20%. Was that right? I think it's I think it's like between fifteen and twenty. We when we looked at it a year ago or so, yeah. Or I would guess fifteen percent. I think I. Sorry, I haven't looked recently. It's. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah you don't have to sure. look at that. I'm not like. I, I think it's about that though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think that's really like um, you know it's interesting when you look at those stats. Like for Womb Tang, for example, our female followership is about eighty percent. Right. And then we've got like those 20% like dudes that just froth womb tang, which I think is awesome. We love you guys. Um, but like looking at that, like culture, like we've tried to create that like edgy culture where women feel like they belong and they're inclusive. And when we originally went through the comments of your post, most of them were from guys, which is reflective of your follower basis. But there were some women in there that were adding like to the, um, you know, like they were commenting relative to the competition for the campaign, but then nobody was really stepping up to say anything about it, right? So that means that there's a lot of men that maybe are not aware of the nuances of these issues. And it was interesting when you posted your apology, the reflection in the comments was awesome. It was the same thing with uh, Free Skier. Is it Free Skier, Renee? Yeah. yeah. Free Skier Magazine, their reflection was also awesome, but then New Schoolers posted the apology and holy Fuck, their comments were savage. Well, they're it was, different groups following. Oh, different but it was just like all these little 16-year-old pent-up boys that were like, the fuck? And I was like, buddy, like, oh my God, we need to have like a feminist mandatory course at each of your schools because this is bananas. Oh. But that just yeah. shows how young minds in the industry are being shaped and viewing these issues. And like leaders like yourself can help pivot that narrative, which is so influential which means you can create a safer space, increase participation, and then also increase purchasing power for the female demographic. The more that you invest in them, the more likely they are likely to, sorry, that was bad sentence structure, but the more likely they are to actually like invest in gear, which is something we've seen in Wumtang. It's really freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I got you. I think, I think the reality is like, it, it's like, I don't know. I guess I'm just usually in business every second, there's a problem. You just try to solve it and like amplifying frustrations. I get that what you're saying, because you want more people to be aware of it, you know, like black lives matter. It's great, but you also have to amplify solutions. You know, you, like the solution, if you're spending all that energy, someone's going to just cease a post or see a comment and then that's it. So like in that comment, are you going to, again say something was wrong or are you going to do more what you guys and some others suggested which is amplify solutions and that's a decision that like if you want to make a difference in the world you really need to make that decision and, and follow that because it's important to point out the problem but like educating and like sharing perspective of, of a problem needs to be done with men. And like, if that, if there are the problem, right? So like, if you have a, uh, an account or whatever tool you have, and you've got 30,000 women following it, and you're all amplifying your frustration with something or whatever demographic, okay? I'm just saying that because this is the topic. If you're just amplifying to that audience, how do the men that are the problem find out about it? Like, how do they know, know, how are they aware of what to do about it? You know? And I think that's, that's just an important thing. Like I had to go through this for you guys to suggest some things to me, or even mm. like bring this to light. If I go to a site or I go to a social media, I'm just talking as an everyday person. 
and there's a bunch one group of people that are just voicing how frustrated they are with something i would get more out of a post that says here's five things you can do to approach the person that you have a problem with you know and then that would be far more helpful than making fun of them you know what i mean like if you're going to make fun of whether it's me or someone else that did something wrong that's all good like we make fun of ourselves you know skiing's a joke to me too but like you it's going to be far more productive you get far more out of it i believe if you could point out even if it was a group of 30,000 women the next time your husband the next time you see this here's some suggestions for how to approach them on this or in that way or things that would bring me in to become a follower instead of seeing like fuck off you bad white man you know like i don't know i'm not saying anyone's saying that but like you know this is how some people are perceiving this right well, we're perceiving it wrong like it would be great to have like here's what here's some things would be great to see here's some examples of of a leader like i asked actually you guys and some others i said can you show me a, a brand that is doing it right and you everyone said look to mountain biking which is fair you know what yeah. i mean like that's I mean, helpful for me to like have examples of what to look look for. There's a couple things there. Like, um, you know, we actually talked about how to be an ally in our last episode. And that was for like individual dudes, like on the ski hill, mm. how they can be more inclusive. And I actually yeah. think a lot of those key points uh, also portray to businesses. Uh, would you say that's true, Renee? Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, for 100%. sure. And we do have plans that are like bigger than just like using the accounts. And I mean, we've like, talked to you about those. Too, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not talking to just you guys. I'm just saying as a general, In general. Like, you know, yeah. like if I wanted a group of people to stop doing something, if I wanted the person, you know, like the person that has their lights on and they don't get it, I would first start with like, here's some, here's some thoughts, here's some things you can do. Here's some alternatives. Like, you know, that's yeah. just, that's just helping solve the problem instead of, perpetuate the frustration. I think the I mean? one thing you need to remember in that statement, Jay, is that yeah. there's significant trauma for these people that are stepping sure. forward. Totally. So like in our allyship episode, we had, I think, four key points that we talked about. The first one is standing in women's corners and listening to their experiences, right? Yeah. The second one is asking for consent. So if you're not sure about something, ask what you're doing, which is amazing. Um, the next one is actually doing research. So for a lot of people who have significant trauma, when they're stepping up to take their emotional labor and their time, which can be triggering and debilitating for underrepresented groups to educate somebody on it, mm -hmm. it's really freaking hard, right? So like they're telling yeah. you their experience, but they don't technically owe it to you to educate you on what you can do differently. And also if they're going to take the emotional labor to do that, um, they should technically be compensated for their work because if you look at a business strategy or business model, especially as the capitalistic model continues to change from purely profit based to like like social responsibility, because that's what people expect of businesses today. You need to pay people for their work to give you suggestions, because at the end of the day, you will profit from it if it's done authentically, if you make those sure. shifts within your marketing. So that's one of the really biggest things that's part of the industry. And in the ski industry, like we said, like you know, the current system disproportionately affects women of color, LGBTQIS+. It also affects disabled people. And then if they're like yeah. women, uh, like female BIPOC or like, you know, like intersectionalism looks at all those different systems of oppression. So it's really important to pay people for their work if they're going to give you advice on how to shift the culture, which you will inherently profit from because it is traumatic from, for them and they deserve to be paid for you know, their, their time for that kind of stuff. So you need to look at it like kind of front end to back end of both of those things. And in our last episode, we had somebody ask us how to address men on these issues without getting so upset. And mm -hmm. the first thing that we said is Renee and I have worked really hard to be able to do this because we have a purpose in our organization to shift industry culture. That's what we want to do but we used to be really emotional. And we also clarified that their feelings are valid and they don't owe anybody toning their, like policing their own tone um, because they have significant trauma. So trauma is the key word there that differentiates somebody telling you that you need to like lower your lights as a neighbor versus like, this is my bodily autonomy that is being challenged. Like those are the, the differentiators. No, I, Does that kind of make sense? Little, I'm not trying to be little and I was just, just, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, no, I know. But I think this is an good. awesome conversation because yeah. there's going to be like, we've had so many people from listening to this podcast, 
just be like, holy fuck. Like, I didn't realize how like all of this is connected. And I oh, think yeah. listening to you and like everything that you're learning through this, like, you know, we really wanted to elevate this conversation and this experience yeah. so people can see that canceling is not the way forward. And, you know, like this is freaking huge. Like you're, you know, yeah, Renee, jump in. I'm rambling now. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, we are running out of time. I think we should end on like some fun questions because we have covered so much ground and I think we've done a really good job of like summing up that situation. So Jay, what is your ski quiver? Because obviously you make the skis. What is your skis that you actually ride? That is what I want to know. <laughs> I, I'm a, okay. First off, I'm a very lazy skier. Like I, I don't like to work hard to go skiing. So I pretty much ride the same ski all the time. I live in the East. So like, I don't need a pal ski really. I'm on like the, my skis, it's the all play. And like, since day one, it's 98 waist and it's really soft and playful. And that's, that's the ski I ride. I sometimes have the same ski physically mop for like three years straight. Like don't even change them. Cause I just want to go skiing and I don't need any fancy to do that. And then maybe sometimes I ride the vacation, which is like a 104. So it's like a 98 and a 104, really playful ski. What would you say is your like top selling ski? Um, it is the all play um, and a ski called the Master Blaster. They're both like 98, 99 widths. So they're just the meat of the market. Like I really- <laughs> I love the name Master Blaster. <laughs> That's yeah. so awesome. I saw um, that. I saw that one on the website and I was like, is this like a play on masturbating? Like, no, 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 no it's, um, you, you know, uh, the, the movie, um, Mad Max. Oh so, yeah. Like, old school movie master blasters, like this big master is a big guy and there's this little dude. It's like, I, anyway, yeah, it, it's fun part of that movie, but my, I my don't personal... know. The movie. Oh, sorry, I don't know the movie, so what? I was like, is this like masturbating, yeah. but for skiing? I think <laughs> sorry, I, mean, I never yeah, seen sure, that whatever movie, works but... for you. My, now like, I know. <laughs> my like self branding is stunt nugget. That's like what I call right. myself, <laughs> and it's like someone that's short, dense, and can take a hit. And now I'm like, I'm the master blaster stunt nugget. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, master blaster, buttery goodness. Yeah, yeah, they're both just like my whole intention. Like when I said make skiing more fun, it's like there is a, a part of it where like I thought it was bullshit that you'd have to have like a hundred different models in your product line. You know, we have six different skis and. It covers everything from touring to pow to groomers and park. And um, so, you know, back in the day, 20 years ago, like a ski was limited to only doing a certain variety of things performance wise. And now that's why I ride one ski because like you really don't need more than two skis to do it all. Yeah. Awesome. And also, uh just by the way, we, all of our skis are, we don't make women's skis. Like we don't. Oh, fuck, I forgot to bring that up. Okay. I mean, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it was funny because all those years I worked for Line and all those big companies, and you'd have these boardroom meetings on just like, okay, so that's like the same as the guy's ski, but it costs us a little less, and you're going to put the women's graphic on it. You know, it's, it's softer and it's lighter. Like, it's just like that simple. But like, I just make skis for skiers. Like, it's impossible for a ski to know if you have boobs or not. Like, it's just, a ski just knows how much you weigh and how much force you apply to it. And it will respond in a certain way based on that. So like we've always, when I started Jay, I was just like, we were just making skis. Like forget all, cut through all the bullshit. So we totally, and we also, <laughs> yes, we also, you wrote a whole article about that. And we've said that yeah. from day one is that gear should not yeah. be gendered. It shouldn't no, be. It, Nobody like cares. A, like, yeah. fuck. It's like a gendered car. Like it does, the car doesn't know. It doesn't matter. It makes no difference. But there's but gendered cars. It's all it's all no, I'm saying that that's as oh. ridiculous as it is. It's oh okay. Like making like, a making a ski that that you tell someone is for a woman is like saying this car is made for a woman. Like yeah. you know, it's the same damn thing. So the other thing is like, we've got, you know, like out of the 20 athletes, like five of them are women out of like, I actually looked it up. Cause I was like, before this call, in case they asked me about like my brand and women, and this isn't like yesterday, because it's just like, we just don't put present it as like, when we put a post on social media, like if a girl 
one of our athletes is wearing a bikini and shoots has her friend shooter in a bikini and we post it on our social we'll get shit from it but like they'll also in the same sentence tell us why don't you post girls like ripping it up i'm like dude we do like a quarter of the posts are but what happens is you don't recognize it because i'm not going to go and say hey everybody this is a woman skiing this pal like like she's part of our women's like alliance team and like this is special and this is our you know our old person's group and like we're just they're skiers they rip they like tear it up and when they do we we rep we promote it you know we want to represent it but like half the photos on our website are of women but even my wife will say why don't you use more photos of women I'm like I'm like look at this photo this is a woman jumping this cliff right there and it's it's a matter of like just like our skis we're making skis for skiers that at rip and we put photos of skiers and whoever they are we're not we're not over bantering about like give us credit for this or that we just want to represent whoever's inspiring others simple as that you know but i actually checked and it was like half the photos are which is honestly surprising because most brands aren't you know what i mean and i'm proud of that and it, 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 yeah yeah I'm, I'm proud of it once i look back and saw but there's also a huge opportunity to inspire others in more ways so that they're even more aware of it and they're more proud of it and you know the next generation of girls are looking up to them you know but like i think i think michelle parker is a great example of a woman who we love her we love promotes her. she's a skier like she has the followers she has because she promotes skiing as a skier she's not you know just like any skier any you know demographic and i mean i started sponsoring with lion when she was 15 and she was just another skier in the park but tearing it up and you know like she earned what she the her place in the industry not by showing skin not by uh causing controversy but just doing skiing for the love of it and the passion of it and and look at how it's paid off you know and yeah and she's a huge inspiration to women for sure and guys you know and it's awesome i'm just like yeah. really proud of her and i think she's yeah. a great example of like doing it right you know the whole like showing skin thing is like man it's so complicated like i remember my first time posting a bomb ass bikini photo and like i'd been working out all summer i was like i feel jacked and i feel cute but then yeah. at the same time i was like i was so nervous to post it because every time i do i lose significant followers but then there's also people like blowing it up in the thing and like we don't really have time to get into it but the whole idea that like you know women aren't athletes like they're this or like the concept that we have to portray and present ourselves more masculine and not like really taking part of our femininity because femininity is seen as weak and there's a certain aspect of sexuality that's seen as weak in the outdoor industry like mm -hmm. wearing makeup in the backcountry like that whole thing is really complicated too and relative mm -hmm. to companies promoting that stuff is also very complicated so we don't yeah. have time to get into it but no, the whole thing it's, is just it's like it's like thing. it's it's just skiing and that's like if you're a skier and, and oh, you're I know. having the time of your life I want to I'm going to put you I'm going to promote you know to other people and say look at this skier having a blast basically yeah man, I don't care it's... what you're wearing I don't care what who you are like that's what we don't half the photos on everything we use are our customers themselves you know like we're not putting anyone up on a pedestal and saying be like them like we're the opposite of that we're just saying look at another skier having a blast and go go after it have fun you know for sure so, and we said yeah. that in our last episode I mean somebody looked at frozen water and they were like I'm gonna chop down this tree oh I'm gonna put something on the bottom make me slide fast and they're like I'm gonna go down that mountain it's like skiing so freaking weird <laughs> at the end of the day but it's yeah. also a huge part of all of our identities like I wouldn't be who I am without it so yeah. yeah it's this is a weird time to navigate for all of us but yeah yeah it's not easy and I'm I I honestly uh am taking it as a great challenge that I feel like we're doing some things right and then there's up and sometimes we screw up and but the, the the real fun in this is the opportunity that exists moving forward and i'm excited about it just like i am opportunities at anything in skiing to get more people yes. involved and i think you're about it. your innovative 
you know, mind, because you are very innovative. You look at things, you're like, how can you do this better? And that's why, you know, we do believe that you will be a cultural leader in this space and you're, you absorb so All much right. information yeah. and it's freaking dope. Like that's, you know, like, right. and maybe I shouldn't say that as like a daunting I'll label. I'll take the challenge, Jay. I'll take the let's challenge. Let's go, Jay. <laughs> I'll take the challenge. That's fine. I'm not going to kill it every time, but I'm going to, I might fall a few times, you know, I'll just do it a little different every time I hit the jump, eventually stomp it, you know. We're here to catch you in All our right, right hands, on. in our mitts. We're ready. Right <laughs> so. Thanks for chatting with us. I, I right think on. we're it was great. wrapping up and yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys this episode and it leaves a lot of food for thought and yeah, that's, I guess we'll okay. wrap it up here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming for having me and thanks for reaching out to me proactively and so positively. And um anyone out there, like I'm the easiest person that owns a ski company to get a hold of. My email is Jason at jskis.com. I'm at Jason Leventhal on social and I respond to every email and I promise I won't I won't be I won't be pissed that I do. And you can call me too and like leave a message if I don't pick up and I'll actually call you back. That's what I'm all about and I always have been. So appreciate it. Hit him the up, time. guys. He's all a right. yeah. Jason is an ally now. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. <laughs>